O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my sitting down and my rising up. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! The Old Testament lesson for the Feast of St. Thomas the Apostle is written in the sixth chapter of Judges, beginning at the thirty-sixth verse. Gideon said to God, If you will save Israel by my hand, as you have spoken, behold, I will put a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there is dew on the fleece only, and it is dry on all the ground, then all know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you have spoken. It was so, for he rose up early on the next day, and pressed the fleece together, and wrung the dew out of the fleece, a bowl full of water. Gideon said to God, Don't let your anger be kindled against me, and I will speak but this once. Please let me make a trial just this once with the fleece. Let it now be dry only on the fleece, and on all the ground let there be dew. God did so that night, for it was dry on the fleece only, and there was dew on all the ground. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The epistle is written in the second chapter of Ephesians, beginning at the nineteenth verse. Brothers, then you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, being built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building, fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are built together for a habitation of God in the Spirit. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. Alleluia, 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 alleluia. Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel is according to St. John, the twentieth chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, wasn't with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails, put my finger into the print of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. After eight days again his disciples were inside, and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, the doors being locked, and stood in the middle, and said, Peace be to you. Then he said to Thomas, 
reach your finger here and see my hands. Reach here your hand and put it into my side. Don't be unbelieving, but believing. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. And this is his name whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. In his days shall Judah be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. And this is his name whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thomas was known as Didymus, or the twin, or in later writings, even Judas Thomas. He was one of the Lord's twelve apostles, listed among them very early in Matthew, and was listed all the way to the end of the, when the last list of the apostles came out in Acts. Which means he was a witness of our Lord's life, from our Lord's baptism to his ascension. Which means he saw and heard everything. Thomas heard all three of our Lord's prophecies that he must suffer, die, and rise again. In the Gospel of John, Thomas was among the twelve trying to convince our Lord not to visit Lazarus, fearing that our Lord would be stoned by the Jews who had threatened to kill him. When our Lord went to Lazarus anyways, it was Thomas who told his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. After that, Thomas witnessed our Lord raise Lazarus from the dead. Thomas was at the triumphal entry. He was, at the, he was in the upper room for the Last Supper, after which the Lord washed his feet. As our Lord taught of his leaving to prepare a place for them in heaven, it was Thomas who asked our Lord, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? To which our Lord gave his reply and was in one of the most important teachings of Scripture. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Thomas went with our Lord to Gethsemane, saw our Lord betrayed and arrested, and with the eleven ran away in fear. Thomas heard every teaching, saw every miracle, and was there with our Lord until the end. So then, on Easter morning, where our gospel takes place, Thomas was without excuse for his unbelief. Three times on Easter morning, our Lord sent word to Thomas of his resurrection, once through Mary Magdalene, the other time through the Emmaus disciples, and finally, as we saw in our gospel, through the ten other disciples. With the other ten, he refused with the first two examples of Mary and the Emmaus disciples, he refused to believe with the other ten disciples the word of the resurrection. 
But when the ten told him that they saw our Lord, he by himself refused to believe, showing that while all the eleven were at some point hard-hearted on Easter morning, Thomas had the hardest of heart, telling them, Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Again, Thomas had every had seen every miracle. He had seen each healing. He had seen every exorcism. He had seen our Lord raise people from the dead. He heard each of our Lord's teachings and the prophecies of suffering before glory. The word of God which Thomas had heard for three or four years was the same word of God that came to him on Easter morning. But he refused to believe. He was without excuse. He was simply unable to believe. <clears throat> he was unable to believe. Under his own reason and strength, he couldn't see it or put it all together. His flesh couldn't overcome his unbelief. So there was Thomas on Easter morning, in his hardness of heart, helpless in unbelief, without excuse. Yet we see in the gospel what our Lord does for Thomas one week later. Our Lord doesn't disown Thomas or discard him. He doesn't leave Thomas in his hardness of heart or unbelief. Instead, our Lord goes directly to Thomas. If you look at that painting on the front of the bulletin, he's forcing Thomas's fingers into his palms. He forces Thomas's hand into his side. He makes Thomas see his body. He makes Thomas touch his flesh and blood. And he forces Thomas to hear his words, do not be unbelieving, but believing. With his word, our Lord, our Lord shows Thomas that he died for him, that he forgave him, that he was making Thomas his very own. With these words, he replaces Thomas's hard heart of stone with a warm heart of flesh. In the power and glory of the cross, our Lord leads Thomas from unbelief to then one of the most beautiful confessions of the faith in Scripture, my Lord and my God. Beyond the gospel accounts in the book of Acts, there's not much more the scriptures say about Thomas. One legend says that after the ascension, after some time in Jerusalem, that as the apostles were set to leave Jerusalem to preach the gospel throughout the world, that they cast lots to determine where they would go in the whole world to evangelize. And that Thomas and Bartholomew's lots fell to them going to Perthia, modern-day Iran, and India. Tradition holds that around the year 52, Thomas arrived in northwest India, spent time there evangelizing, but then because of threats of death, he was forced to go to the southern tip of the country. There, in southern, Iran, in southern India, runs a large river called the Periyar River, which tradition says Thomas sailed up and down the river for many years preaching the gospel there in India. 
Tradition holds that he spent the vast majority of his time evangelizing there, but then also made his way over to preach the gospel in Sri Lanka, southwest Arabia, Paraguay, even all the way to China. But his missionary work was best known along that river, where it said that he established seven Christian churches, or seven Christian communities, and that over time in those churches, Thomas ordained teachers and elders, that is, he ordained pastors to continue after him. And so it is that even to today, in India, Thomas is held in high regard and even revered, perhaps like Peter and Paul are in the West. So much so that even today, 2,000 years later, Indian families will claim or try to claim that their ancestry goes back to those seven churches that Thomas founded. And if you're a boy born in southern India, there's a chance that your name is Thomas because the name is still popular there. In fact, that's what they call themselves, Thomas Christian. One Syrian Christian honored Thomas's work in India by saying, it was to a land of dark people he was sent to clothe them by baptism in white robes. His grateful dawn dispelled India's painful darkness. It was his mission to espouse India to the one begotten son. The merchant is blessed for having so great a treasure. The city of Edessa, near where he preached, became the blessed city by possessing the greatest pearl India could yield, that is the gospel. Thomas worked miracles in India, and at the city of Edessa, Thomas was destined to baptize peoples that were perverse and steeped in darkness. In the Chaldean church, it's written of Thomas, through St. Thomas, the heir of idolatry was vanished from India. Through him, the Chinese and Ethiopians were converted to the truth. Through St. Thomas, they accepted the sacrament of baptism and the adoption of sons. Through St. Thomas, they believed in and confessed the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They preserved the accepted faith of the one God. Through St. Thomas, the life-giving splendors of the gospel rose in all India. Through St. Thomas, the kingdom of heaven took wing and descended to China. So is St. Thomas's work thought of in that part of the world. Tradition holds that Thomas died a martyr. One particular tradition says Thomas had evangelized and converted three people. And in doing so, he enraged the king in that part of India because those three people were his wife, his son, and his sister-in-law. And so angry was the king that he took Thomas outside the city and ordered four soldiers to spear him to death. And that after the king left, it was an unnamed merchant, someone who Thomas had, whose Thomas's preaching had converted. That merchant took his body and buried it in the city of Edessa, where Thomas had evangelized. Centuries later, on top of the grave was built St. Thomas Cathedral Basilica, where saints now worship. In the West, it's believed that Thomas died around December 21st, his feast day. But in India, 
And those countries around there, they believe he died on July 3rd. So on that day, Christians in India on July 3rd recognized Thomas's feast, and they celebrate it as Indian Christians Day, where they celebrate being Christian in a dark country. Centuries later, Christians near there would create what's now known as the symbol of St. Thomas's cross. And there'd be, there's much meaning in the cross if you take a look at it and study it. But the most striking part of it is this. The cross is shown to be standing over a lotus flower. The lotus flower is a symbol for Buddhism. Such that when you look at it, what, it's, what the cross is confessing is that Christianity was established by Thomas's preaching in the land of Buddhism, and that the light of the cross overcomes the darkness of that false religion. So those are the traditions of Thomas that are held and how he is remembered there. And Thomas's story is an amazing one. Each apostle's story is. There's a lot to be said about his missionary work in India, but the most amazing part of his story is not really about Thomas. At least he's not the central part that's amazing. The most amazing part of the story is our Lord. Remember back to the Gospel of John. Thomas was the most hard-hearted of unbelievers. He was the most hard-hearted of the hard-hearted disciples, the eleven. Yet Christ, by his crucifixion and resurrection through his flesh and blood and by his word, took this most hard-hearted of men and created him anew so that he preached in India, founding, founding churches on this one beautiful confession, my Lord and my God. Our Lord says to Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Just as our Lord came to the most hardened of hearts, so our Lord also comes to us, the worst of sinners, in baptism, where he there replaces our unbelieving hearts with hearts of faith. We're baptized into the name of the Trinity as we arise from the waters. He, us, our Lord tells us, as he told Thomas, do not be unbelieving, but believing. We do not believe because we've seen the flesh and blood of our Lord as Thomas did. But we believe because from Thomas and the apostles, we have the word of faith passed down from them, which creates faith in us. We have not seen, but we have heard. And hearing, we believe and are blessed. Still, our Lord does, in a way, talk to us as he did talk to Thomas. Our Lord told Thomas, reach your finger here, look at my hands, just as our Lord tells you to take and eat. To Thomas, our Lord says, reach your hand here and put it into my side. And to you, he says something similar. Drink of it, all of you. What else can we see? I should say, what else can we say? As we touch our Lord's flesh and drink our Lord's blood, 
What else is there to say when we receive the sacrament but, as Thomas did, my Lord and my God? If you ever want to know what to pray as you're receiving the sacrament, those are the words, my Lord and my God. As our Lord created Thomas anew, so he creates us anew. Now for Thomas, he had the calling to evangelize a whole part of the world. That may not be our calling. Our calling is to live our lives and vocations in faith. Maybe not as missionaries, but as parents, children, siblings, spouses, students, workers, and so on. In those vocations, we have an example like Thomas in the Lord on how to live this confession of our Lord and God as we love those whom God sent to us and put in our lives who the Lord gave us to share the faith with in those relationships. And perhaps we'll continue in faith in those vocations to old age. Maybe we'll be martyred like Thomas was. But either way, the confidence and strong faith that Thomas held is also the confidence and faith the Spirit gives us. Because we have the same Lord, which speaks the same words to us. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's the same that what Thomas received there is the same that we receive. And so having seen our Lord died for us, as Thomas saw, having seen our Lord resurrected, we say and do what Thomas said and did. Seeing our resurrected Lord, we say, let us also go that we may die with him on this way of the cross. Having been converted from unbelief to faith, let us follow him. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.
key of David, and scepter of the house of Israel, that openest, and no man shutteth, and shuttest, and no man openeth. Come and bring the prisoners out of the prison house, them that sit in darkness, and the shadow of death. Alleluia. David, and scepter of the house of Israel, that openest, and no man shutteth, and shuttest, and no man openeth. Come and bring the prisoners out of the prison house, them that sit in darkness, and the shadow of death. Alleluia. O Lord, have mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, 
the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I said, O Lord, be merciful unto me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee. Return, O Lord, how long? And let it repent thee concerning thy servants. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us, according as we hope in thee. Let thy priests be clothed with righteousness, and let thy saints shout for joy. O Lord, save our rulers. Let the king hear us when we call. Save thy people and bless thine inheritance. Feed them also and lift them up forever. Remember thy congregation, which thou hast purchased of old. Peace be within thy walls and prosperity within thy palaces. Let us pray for our absent brethren. O thou, our God, save thy servants that trust in thee. Let us pray for the brokenhearted and the captives. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. Send him help from the sanctuary, and strengthen them out of Zion. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they watch for the morning, I say, more than they that watch for the morning. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Let Israel hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption, and he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Turn us again, O God of hosts. Cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Arise, O Christ, for our help, and redeem us for thy mercy's sake. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Almighty and ever-living God, who through the word of your Son did mightily strengthen the faith of your Apostle St. Thomas, by the same word keep us ever steadfast in the faith unto our end. Grant, we beseech you, Almighty God, that the coming festival of our redemption may obtain for us the comfort of your help in this life, and in the life to come, the reward of eternal joy. Lord, we beseech you, give ear to our prayers, and lighten the darkness of our hearts by your gracious visitation, who lives and reigns with the Father and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Give peace in our days, O Lord, because there is none other that fighteth for us except thou our God. O Lord, let there be peace in thy strength, and abundance in thy towers. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, 
that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness. Through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ thy dear Son, that thou hast so graciously protected us this day, and we beseech thee to forgive us all our sins and the wrong which we have done, and by thy great mercy defend us from all the perils and dangers of this night. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.